Do you remember your, your favorite Christmas? When you think back through all the years that have come and gone over all those years, is there a, a Christmas that stands out in your mind as your favorite Christmas? For me, I was thinking about this. There are several great Christmases that I can remember. I remember Christmas as a kid. It had to be in the late 70s, and we were at my grandparents' house. Uh, they lived in Phoenix, and I remember they had a giant tree, and it was a real Christmas tree. Uh, had all the decorations on it. Remember we made popcorn strings and went around this tree and then that tinsel that you'd buy and throw on the tree, we'd covered that thing up in tinsel and, and you'd hang candy canes on the tree and then as kids go by, they would steal all the candy canes off of the tree. Uh, tons of family, had tons of cousins. And I remember about those Christmases there, all of the presents. Uh, I don't know when they invented gift exchanges, but that is a robbery for kids today. Uh, everybody bought everybody a present. You'd come in carrying a, a box of presents and the tree was covered up with presents, uh, all that stuff. Piles of food. Uh, the kids had to eat on the porch or in the backyard. Uh, tons of food. And I remember this one particular Christmas, uh, I received a, a, a pair of roller skates that had the old metal wheels on them. Um, my great-grandmother put on some of those skates and she taught us to roller skate there in the driveway of my grandparents' house. I remember another Christmas, Christmas in 1976, and I remember it because it was written on the bicycle. I, I received a bicycle from Serald Firestone here on, on Wilbarger Street. had a plastic gas tank on it, and it said not the spirit of 76 on it. Uh, had a deal on the handlebar that when you twisted it, it sounded like a motorcycle and had a big old seat on it. I remember getting that on Christmas Day, and we rode up and down our block all afternoon on that new bike. I remember a Christmas in 1983, and Shane and I, my brother, we sold a bunch of firewood, and we bought a Honda 200X three-wheeler. I remember for Christmas Day, I got a helmet, and I needed it later that afternoon. <laughs> got a helmet for Christmas. Uh, if you remember the Christmas of 1983, it froze for about two weeks, snowed the whole time, and, and we rode that thing and rode that thing, and we froze to death. I remember my granny and papa coming over for Christmas Day and they'd never seen such a thing as we rode up and down the driveway. I remember Christmas of 1996 and it was 10 days before Carrie and I got married and remember we had gone to Canyon for Christmas Eve with her family and we, we got there, I think we spent a couple days before Christmas and, and Christmas Eve uh, we have all the presents and all the stockings and the things that her family does and, and the family's all over there and we had a great time, had a, had a big meal. And I remember that night, about 9.30, we were gonna drive home and come back to Vernon and we were gonna go to bed and wake up and have Christmas here with my family. And I remember that night pulling out of the driveway and I remember about 9.30 at night and thinking about her family but especially thinking about her dad and thinking how for the first time in all of those years, he was not going to have his little blonde-haired girl at his house on Christmas morning. And I remember thinking about how things changed. I remember driving away, and I actually cried as we pulled out of the house. Sarah's never going to let that happen. I know that. <laughs> I can remember all of these great Christmases, all these great memories attached to these Christmases. And it started me thinking this week... Uh, what if this year could be the best Christmas 
ever. What if this year, some of us say that's, that's a highly unlikely thing. What if this year could be the best Christmas ever? What would it take? What would, what would have to happen for this year to be the best Christmas, the most meaningful Christmas, the most awesome Christmas ever? Well, I want to tell you today, this morning, my goal is to help us prepare for this Christmas. And I'm not talking about gifts and I'm not talking about decorations or, or trees, but I want us to prepare our hearts for this Christmas season. Let me just tell you, we need that this year. I need that this year. Next week, we're gonna look at Luke chapter two and we're gonna see what we have in Christmas. But today, I want us to just slow down and I want us to, to really stop and prepare our hearts for what could be the very best Christmas ever. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me as we have a word of prayer as we begin today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Every Father, we come today, we're thankful for you. I'm thankful for you, my hope, my peace, my salvation, my future, all in you. I praise you today. I set my eyes upon you. And I come today and I truly worship you. Jesus, my King. I, I come today and I pray as we head into this time of the year that, that we would use this hour to prepare our hearts to worship you. I pray that in a, a true, pure worship of you that this would truly be the best Christmas ever. I come today and ask that you would speak to us, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, and I pray that you're honored in the process. I pray that in this service, in this hour, that, that some might find Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that a bunch of us will be encouraged and all of us would have a moment of transformation where we put our eyes again back on you. We tell you today we love you and we praise you and we worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today may be a little bit different than other Sunday mornings. Instead of going uh, to a set of verses, or instead of going verse by verse and then pulling out the truth that we're gonna apply to our life, uh, instead of doing that today, we're gonna let the scripture guide us to look at four questions for us to ask to prepare our hearts for Christmas. Today, again, we're gonna let scripture guide us and, and we're gonna find four questions to use to evaluate ourselves and to prepare ourselves for the celebration of Christmas. Let me just tell you, my belief is this. For this to be the best Christmas ever, it's not going to be based upon circumstances. What's going on this year and what's happened this year and what's going on in my life, if this is going to be the best Christmas ever, it's not going to be dependent upon circumstances. If this is going to be the best Christmas ever, it's not going to be a matter of preparation. It's not going to be a matter is, is everything done and is everything taken care of. That's not what's going to make this the best Christmas. If this is going to be the best Christmas ever, it will be a matter of our heart. A matter of our heart. And very specifically, it's going to be a heart set to worship our Savior this Christmas. So again, four questions that we're gonna look at, four questions for us to ask to prepare our hearts today, this Lord's Day, for Christmas. First question is this, and it's really a pretty hard question, a pretty tough question, but the first question is this. Are you willing to submit to the plan of God? Are you willing to submit to the plan of God? Now think about 
the Christmas account, and, and really there's about 4,000 years of preparation for the Christmas, uh, the incarnation of God, of, of, of our Savior Jesus coming. But I want us to think about the immediate Christmas account. Think about a couple of the, the stories we read there. There's Elizabeth and Zacharias. The Bible says they're the relative of Mary. They're the parents of John the Baptist. And a guardian angel comes and he tells Zacharias that, that they're going to be a parent. Now, they haven't been able to have children. They thought that was the unlikely thing. This angel comes and it's actually Gabriel. And he says, you're going to be a parent. And your son is going to be a forerunner. He's going to prepare the way for Jesus. And, and you read the Bible in Luke chapter 1 verse 6. It says, of that couple, they were already walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. They were obedient. Well, we, we find in the, in the account that after Zacharias hears the word of the angel, he doubts the word of the angel. And so the Bible tells us his mouth is shut for her entire pregnancy. Now, there's some women here that probably wish that would happen. His mouth is shut for her entire pregnancy. Well, uh, after the birth of John the Baptist, we find that all the way through they submitted and they submit again to the plan of God. And when he's born, Zacharias is able to open his mouth and he says, this child will be a prophet of the most high God. Look at young Mary and how she is told in Luke chapter one that she's gonna conceive in a miraculous fashion. The same angel comes and he says, and behold, and you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. Now we've read that account many times, that becomes commonplace to us, but, but imagine how perplexed this young lady must have been. How dumbfounded she must have been, how utterly confused she must have been. She wouldn't have any way to understand that. That doesn't make any sense to her. She's been told this absurd news, and then look at verse 38, it says this. And Mary said, this is her response, Behold, take a look, the bond slave of the Lord, the willing slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. She was willing to submit to the plan of God. Joseph, Matthew chapter one, we find he's engaged to Mary. He, for no doubt, is excited about marrying Mary as his wife. In verse 18, it says... She is found to be with child. Now, I want you to think about that news. You, you can be sure he doesn't understand as well. He can't understand that. He can't grasp that. He is confused as well. And really, if you read into it, he's not real happy about that. The Bible says he planned to send her away. He doesn't understand that news. It's not possible in his, in his human understanding to understand what, what is going on. Well, the Bible says in a dream, the angel of the Lord lays it out to him and he tells him exactly what is happening and he uses Old Testament scripture that there's actually prophecy being fulfilled in this and he tells Joseph what is going on. And then in, in Matthew chapter one, verse 24, it says this. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. He submitted to the plan of God. Listen to me today. God's will has to reign in our life. God's will has to rule in our life. God's will has to outweigh our desires for our life. And I'll just tell you, in preparing for this Christmas, we must be willing to submit to the plan of God. 
You will not find peace in your life outside of the will of God. You will not find contentment in your life outside of the will of God. You have no hope of ever being satisfied outside of the will of God. And so you want this to be the best Christmas ever? The question is this, are you willing to submit to the plan of God? Second question. Second question is this. Do you know that you need a savior? Do you know that you need a savior? Maybe a better way to phrase that is, how convinced are you of your need for a savior? Do you know what Christmas is about, really? Do you really understand what Christmas is about now? Now, people today, they say, keep Christ in Christmas. And that's good. I'm glad people say that. People today come along and they say, remember the reason for the season. That's a good thing to say. I'm glad people say that. But do you really want to know what Christmas is about? Christmas really is not about a baby story. Now, it has to start with a baby. Christmas really is not about three wise men and three shepherds who come and who worship. Christmas is not about a star that's in the east. It's not about angels that pronounce the birth of Jesus. Now those things happen, but I want you to understand today, Christmas is about a savior. Christmas is about our savior. Maybe we're overlooking that today. Even in the church, even in Christian circles, maybe we're overlooking that today. Think about that. Right off the bat, the angel tells Joseph, and name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's why he's born. That's what he's coming to do. That's, that's why we're having this day. He says he's gonna save his people from their sins. Right off the bat, the angels come and they tell the shepherds, you know what's just happened? You know what's going on? He says, today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. Christmas is about our savior. Now, Why do we need to see that this morning? Do you know without a savior, you're lost in your sin? Without a savior, you're condemned and you're dripping in your guilt. Without a savior, your best works are but filthy deeds, filthy rags before a holy God. Without a savior, your sin, every thought, every evil deed, every vile and wicked thing is held against your account. Without a savior for you, there is no hope. Without a savior, you're not able to find any peace. There's not any Without a Savior, you're walking and you're headed for and you'll end in death. With, without a Savior, sin is our master and the grave is our victor and hell is our destiny. Without a Savior, the wrath of God is, is stored up and is awaiting the day that it's gonna be poured out upon us. And that's why you go back and you read of King David and, and he sees his sin and he, and he cries out, oh, where will our help come from? He understands we need a Savior. That's why when you go and you read about Isaiah, he is sure of his sin and he says, I'm a wicked man of wicked lips. And he says, oh, that God himself would come down. We need a savior. And on Christmas day, the angel said, you have your savior. You wanna celebrate Christmas this year? Imagine life without a savior. We have our savior. 
Third question is this. Are you looking to God as your hope? Are you looking to God as your hope? Or is your hope in your circumstance? You know what, this will be the best Christmas if all these things come together and if I can fix this thing and that's when it'll be the best Christmas. Is your hope in something if, if this thing would happen or if I could secure this thing, that'll be the best Christmas. Where are you looking to find your hope? Luke chapter two, we read of two people, Simeon and Anna. The Bible tells us of these two people. These were two people who looked to God for their hope. They trusted God for their hope. Both of them, it says, were looking to God to provide their salvation and really the salvation of mankind. Now, when you go and you read that entire account, really the gospel account in context, we understand the religious people of the day They'd put their eyes on a system and they believed the system would provide their hope and so they'd moved on. When you look at the context today, the priests and the scribes and the religious leaders, they'd put their hope in a position and they thought, I'll find my hope in my position and they had, they had forgotten and they had moved on. When you look in context and you see the entire nation of Israel, they were told that God would provide a savior. They were told to be expecting a savior, but they weren't even looking anymore and they'd moved on. In Simeon, in Luke chapter two, verse 25, it says he was looking for the consolation of Israel. Anna, it says that she was praying and she was worshiping in the temple. In verse 38, she was looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. They trusted God for their salvation. They knew their hope was in God. Sometimes we go around and we groan about what Christmas has become. You see all the nonsense on Black Friday. You see all the materialism. You see all the worldly influence. And I wanna tell you really that the answer is this. It just goes back to praising God for our Savior. That's what it goes back to. It just goes back to knowing God himself will provide our hope and looking to God for our hope. And I'll just tell you something. If we're here today, and maybe this goes against what our tradition is, but I'll just tell you, if we never wrap or unwrap another present, if we never put up another light, if we never gather another round, another round, another tree, we ought to celebrate that, you know what? We have our hope and he's in the Lord and he provided our savior, Jesus Christ. I wonder, I wonder, maybe I'm just crazy, but I wonder what if Christmas morning, what if Christmas morning we sprung out of bed and we ran down the living room and the kids ran in front of us and we hooked it to the living room and we got in there instead of looking for a tree with a bunch of presents under it, instead of looking for a fat man in a suit that's gonna bring us material things, what if we jumped up and down and said, our hope is in God and he provided our savior, his name is Jesus then we'd have something to celebrate. Are you looking to God for your hope? Fourth question is this. Is it your desire to see Jesus? Is it your desire, very plainly, is it your desire to see Jesus? Luke chapter two, verses 15 through 19. I'm gonna read it to you. It says this. 
And when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. Jumping over to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter two. Listen to this, I'll read it to you. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who is born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written of, by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way and the star which they had seen on the east went on before them and until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And coming into the house, can you imagine? And coming into the house, they saw the child and Mary his mother. And they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Look at this. These men, their desire very simply was just to see Jesus. Be sure today the best thing that could happen to us this year, the greatest thing that could happen to us today would we set all the rush aside and we set all the expectations aside and we set all the business aside and if we decided, you know what, my goal this year is to just see Jesus, our Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. If we just saw Jesus this Christmas. So the question is, do you want to see Jesus? Let me be honest with you today. This Christmas, I have a different feeling. It's the first Christmas since my dad passed away. And I can already feel the heaviness. I didn't like it when it turned into December 1st. I could already feel the heaviness. There's a bunch of people in this room and I can look around and a bunch of you can relate to what I'm saying right now. You know, we can't go back and we can't recreate Christmases from the past and I can't go back to the, the Christmas of 1976 and I can't go back to the, the Christmas of 1996 and, and it really won't ever really be the same again and that, that chair will always be open. But it can be something else. Not based upon circumstances. It can be the celebration of Jesus, God himself, who comes as our Savior. That's Christmas. 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come. And I tell you, you're my king. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. And, and this world is not our home. And our hope's not here. Our answer's not here. It's not in the materialistic things in this world, not in the applause of this world. It's alone in my Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful on Christmas Day. 2,000 years ago that the plan of God for our redemption set in motion before the foundation of the earth took place. And that even though being God, you didn't regard the quality of God something to be held on to and you humbled yourself, you came as a man. I praise you and I worship you and I thank you, my Savior. Come today and I pray for us as a people. Come and pray for us as a church that we would maybe have a renewed perspective, maybe a different perspective today. We'd be a people that we wouldn't get caught up in the things of the world, but we would truly worship Jesus as our Savior. Help us put our eyes upon you. We come and we again just tell you, we love you, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you, we honor you. I pray for some in this room that do not know my Savior, Jesus. I pray that today, maybe it would be the day they put their faith in Pray that you would draw them, that you would stir in their heart. I pray that maybe just the, the preaching of the word or whatever it would take, that today would be the day they put their faith in Jesus, my Savior. Pray that you've spoken, that you continue to speak, and that you move in our hearts. We tell you today we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.